0: Hello, my friend and welcome to cancer can give in this special series of the simplify cancer podcast we share inspirational stories of people who went on a grueling journey through cancer and yet they found their own way to live Grow and give in a way that helps others now. My name is Joe Bakmutsky I'm a testicular cancer survivor. I'm a life coach I'm a proud author of finding hope in times of uncertainty a guide to thriving in a challenging world of today and today It is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you man Rod Richie who's been confronted with both breast cancer and also prostate cancer and rod is a health activist and just a beautiful soul who does just so much great things out in the world advocating for change and male breast cancer on on social media just a better life beyond so thank you for being here and let's talk to rod well you know what rod i stumbled upon your Manifesto on your website, Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and the work that that you are doing, and what really struck me is, you know, dying for change. We're dying for change, and the urgency that you have, you know, on your um, in this manifesto. Tell me, how did it come about?
1: Oh, uh, okay. Um, well, when I was diagnosed um, in two thousand and fourteen, obviously that's a shock, and you pretty much concentrate on getting. Treatment, as as you know very well, for a cancer.
0: Um,
1: but then I suddenly started to realise when I'm looking around um, websites that um, it's a sort of pretty pink disease, and um, you know, how does it cater for men? And and obviously, I got to the conclusion that it wasn't catering very well for men. And um, I have to say, in the say the last eight years, um, there's been a lot of changes. And that manifesto, which in, by the way was Uh, written by myself and um, the late Rob Fincher, who was a stage four breast cancer patient from Wollongong, that manifesto has made a difference. And when I look at the list um, of quite a few points there, um, you know, probably half of them we've made progress on. And uh, things like degendering websites and adding a bit of blue for the pink and um, um sort of making making it more inclusive making the text more inclusive so you know if, if a guy gets over there on the site and you know is starting to hear stuff that doesn't really apply to blokes I think um, I don't think that's good and um, the stigma attached to this disease for a man I mean you you're, you could probably talk about stigma as well with your um, particular cancer testicular cancer but um, for a man to have breast cancer um, it' seem you know, Gee, what's wrong? Are you a bit effeminate or what's the problem?
0: Absolutely right. And I couldn't agree with you more that the stigma, the, the, these, these cancers they, they go to to the root of who we are as 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 men. And I think that's the root of all cancers. They affect us you know at the uh, at such a deep level it affects our body it, it affects how we think about ourselves it affects how we are around people and and and, and i I'm, I'm just inspired by the bold vision that um, that that you guys had around this manifesto and to see that progress is being made around that but let's 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 get back to your story because i'm really really want really want to talk about that and and your story with 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 breast cancer i mean because we all kind of have this moment when when we when you kind of find out that you have cancer. So, Tommy Rod, what was it like for you? Okay, well, um,
1: pretty surreal, um, <laughs> but not unexpected. I'd I'd had um, I had a lump um, behind my left nipple for a little while, and so I presented to the the general practitioner and. Um, We both agreed maybe it was nothing. So um, you a month later, it was still not nothing. So I came back. And anyway, long story short, the third time I turned up, I said, I I need a scan of some sort. And she said, okay, okay. But none of those times did she do a clinical examination. And I just sort of wondered, you know, if I would presented with um, breast problems as a woman, I think I probably would have been seen a bit earlier. So um, it made the diagnosis a little bit of a later stage than i would have liked but i had excellent treatment um just locally up here and um i couldn't really complain about anything and um i have to say um as a guy there's a lot of um women out there as breast surgeons as oncologists as radiation oncologists and um you know we're we're lucky in a way um as a guy having this disease we're lucky that we can just Slip into um, a system that's really geared up, maybe for women, but a lot of the treatments really are just as effective on guys.
0: Yeah, that's that's fantastic, uh, Rod, and and I love how you you talk about that that you were even at those very early stages, you were the advocate for you know let's let's get it checked out, let's get it looked at, right? Because sometimes. You're gonna to have to put your hand up and 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 kind of look after your be your own champion, right, if you will. And it's it's such a tough time because, as you say, there is stigma, and also it's 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 like you described. There is uh you know radiation culture. There's different specialists. It's kind of kind of like almost you have to learn this this new language, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: And,
0: and 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 so it's it's a challenging time on, on so many different levels and it, it it just throws everything up in the air. So with you going on your kind of journey uh, through cancer, uh, was there a time when you kind of felt like you almost wanted to give up because this was just getting too hard? Oh
1: no, um, honestly Joe, I didn't ever feel like I wanted to give up. I felt like um, I really wanted to take the treatment on offer and um, as you know, it's, it is quite um, invasive and it's quite lengthy. Um, in my case, it was starting with surgery because the chest, um, the breast surgeon didn't want to, uh, sorry, it was starting with chemo because the breast surgeon didn't want to um, operate. Um, the skin was inflamed, etc. cetera. So um, that chemo over a few months is, is quite tiring, but um i read somewhere that you're you're meant to keep active and keep doing things and that's what i did i took on a building project and um whereas the first day i flopped into the the lounge chair after i thought no bugger this i'm just going to keep going and um and i did and i and i got through the chemo quite well um the surgery of course is a different matter you you cut and um it was quite extensive including lymph nodes under the arm all lymph nodes removed and um there's a drain that you wear, um, um, and you know I, th- I thought that was perhaps the hardest part of the, the treatment. And um, after that was was radiation, which is thirty three treatments every day except the weekend. Um, and you know, bingo, you're sort of done, or they tip you out the door. <laughs> That's when it gets <laughs> a bit a bit like, oh dear, I quite liked it in in treatment because I felt quite secure. But I think you got to get over that, haven't you?
0: Yeah, well, absolutely, and and and, and um, I find it so fascinating that you bring this up, right? Because when we, I guess, when we you find yourself in this new reality of cancer, you kind of think you're gonna go through this, go through this treatment, and everything will be okay. But sometimes we feel uh, even perhaps even more lost when when it's done, um, because all of a sudden you don't know you're waiting for results, you don't know how things might turn out, you don't have that support, so. Dominic, what kept you going in that time? What 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 supported you?
1: Oh, okay. Well, I had good support um, from my partner, and um, she was around when things needed to be done and changed, and obviously that was a big thing. Um, I've got three brothers, you know, with their own families. They were supportive. Um, two kids, um, a daughter and a son, <coughs> um, in their forties. They were very um, supportive. So I never felt unsupported. And, of course, with social media and the internet um, particularly, there's some very good sites, um, and not just social media, actually, um, breastcancer.org, which is a big site. Um, Again, it's mostly women, but I've stuck around there for all the time and helped other men. And as soon as I realised that um, I was going to be okay, I was pretty keen to get a bit trained up, one, as a telephone counsellor, Two um, helping in the infusion room at the local hospital and and sort of at the time I was getting over treatment if you like I was also learning um, about learning some new skills I had skills as a um, internet person as a writer and a marketer so I thought oh, we'll just switch over and I was sort of ready for a change uh, I sold my business and um, I was thinking you know patient advocacy and I sort of thought, that evolved into patient activism, and I like that term as well. I mean, it's it's a, it's a next step, um, and I've never stopped all that time. I'm still going.
0: Yeah, I'm so inspired to hear that that story that you 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 volunteered, you 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 are uh, um, out there helping people, and you you decided um, to, to just kind of go into this this world of of advocacy and activism. So, talk to me, Rod. What is what is the um, distinction between Uh, patient advocacy and patient activism
1: okay patient advocacy i think is working um, to promote aspects of the disease um, with in my case with the men who have it um, and helping them go through the same things that i went through so you get a bit of knowledge and they say a bit of, a bit of knowledge is, is not bad too much knowledge might not be might not be good but um, you really do learn a lot and um, a lot of the time um, it's listening listening you know listening what, what's the problem? It's not trying to put anything on anybody and nobody um, um, that contacted me and I, my number was out there to be contacted um, and it's always the person that you're working with contacts you so you're not, you're not chasing anybody. Um, you're ready to terminate the conversation whenever you feel it's getting too tough for them. Um, but so advocates, um, I guess, yeah, they sort of put along and do or do the hard work. Um, activists, I think, have sort of gone a stage further, and um, like the manifesto, you know, that's an activist um, activist thing. Um, but I think also, um, you're not afraid to take the debate up to. Um, the medical establishment, um, pharmacological people, you sort of, um, uh, yeah, well, you reach a stage and I think um, the advocacy might last for a couple of years and before the activism takes over. So I have to say that you don't feel comfortable until you really know your disease, you really know what you're dealing with and you really know what's wrong with the way that it's being handled.
0: Exactly. So it's kind of sounds like it's almost challenging the status quo, right? Like there there's this established um uh, view of the world and, and, and you're kind of painting a vision of what's possible, right?
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, that's that's fantastic, Rod. and good on you for doing that, because that's that's really um in my mind is is that's the way of progress, right? You have to be able to challenge uh, the existing view. And that comes from, you know, pu- putting out, you know, a bold vision of how things might be. And it comes from, you know, from real people going through this experience who go, you know, I like yourself going, you know what this, we could do better. Right. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's we where could. it's from.
1: I also think it's not, it's not a matter of, um, going into battle with the medical profession. They're very busy people. Um, None more so than the last couple of years. And and you do really understand their point of view. Um they're you're sitting in an appointment and, and they're listening to you, but they're sort of also thinking perhaps about the next patient or or about an operation they have to do. And I think um by you know, by going to an appointment well um well researched and well versed in all the um questions that you might want to ask, you really do have to ask questions, which these people you don't see very often. And I found that um, the really good doctors just loved it that someone was coming in and not keeping an eye on them, but actually, um, you know, making sure that um, the treatment they were giving you um, was a effective or b um, there was a reason for it. Um, and um, so, yeah, I had to. I had a great relationship with with all my medical people, and um, uh, and I think that was because. Um, I was a bit curious and a bit out there, and, and I wasn't all that fragile. Um, I pretty quickly became resilient, and I think it's resilience that gets you through all this. And if if you've got that nature, or if you're lucky enough to be able to handle it all, then yeah, that's um, that's what you should do.
0: Absolutely, but to me, those those two things are connected, Rod. Like being able to speak up and being more resilient is. You know, sometimes we, we want to be able to bring out our concerns, to bring out our worries, to bring out questions, because you know when you're working with a with a, a you know medical specialist or a medical team, they don't really know you, they don't really know what's important for you and your way of life. So you gotta gotta speak up for yourself. And I feel that when um, you do that, when you ask questions, when you talk to people who've uh, been going through the same experience, when you kind of have an understanding of um, what is it that you want or at least what's important for you, all of a sudden you become more resilient because all of a sudden this experience starts to feel like you're a little bit more in control, right? Like all of this stuff you felt, you feel sometimes it kind of goes over your head a little bit. But when you start to ask questions, you kind of start to feel more in charge. Do you think so?
1: Yeah, I do think so, and you hit the nail on the head there, Joe, because um, as I said, I think medical people get it, where you're coming from, and I think um, it gives, you know, they need to have respect for patients and, and we need to have respect for the professions, but it's a two-way street and I think um, it's amazing. There's so many good people out there. Um, I, I just I just feel very, very comfortable Talking with them, um, going through treatments, and and you know learning that um, it's not all that serious. Uh, you can you can maybe have a laugh here and there, but um, it's also, I think, um, yeah, building up your resilience. So so it's sort of like a cumulative thing. I feel like you know I could probably stop a bullet right now.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, the the bulletproof rod, um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And you know what? You've also seen. Not only you know, obviously a great many, um you know medical specialists that you've interacted with both at, as a patient, but also as an advocate and and, and as an activism. Um, but you've also have been interacting quite a lot in, in, with with people who've been through cancer, with with, with caregivers, and so you you've seen people um, obviously uh, you know men who going through breast cancer, uh, people going through different cancers, different situations, different. Walks of life, different stages, different phases. So, what when you look at the journey, kind of when that we go um, uh, through cancer, both from kind of diagnosis to potentially survivorship, hopefully, um, like what is it that you feel that we share um, on that journey? What stands out for you?
1: Oh, look, we share a lot, and I was lucky enough to. Um, be given an editor job for um, one of the male breast cancer charities Uh, they'd send me the men's stories that they posted on their website and I probably edited over 200 of these stories and you know what every one of them is different and um, for everyone that cruises through it there's people that are struggling And, and most discomforting of all for every early stage patient um there's a couple of late stage patients and getting diagnosed with a cancer at um at stage four right from the beginning um, um it's it's a sh- it's a terrible blow it's a terrible blow um to anybody any gender if you like and um it's from those people that i think i learned the most they're they're quite amazing um rob we did the manifesto with me was one of those people and he had a great spirit and um Never stopped helping people, and I think you know. Right at the end, we just sort of said to each other. And I saw him in hospital a couple of days before he died. You know, the the hashtag is fuck cancer.
0: Yes, exactly right. And 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 now you you kind of carrying the torch as well in some way. It, it sounds like for your friend, like you you were doing this together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we carry the torch and, um, yeah, I mean, life goes on. It's um, um, that's how it is, isn't it? In many ways, we all we all have to face a lot of different problems too. Um, and, um, yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. And, you know, uh, you've gone through such, a, a, such an incredible um, journey uh, with your advocacy and your activism work and the support that you're doing for folks with, you know, Male Breast Cancer, the the Global Alliance. I know that you're doing the Male Breast Cancer Live newsletter involved in that. You've got your yeah. own fantastic website as well, which we're going to talk about as well. And, and you work with different groups as well, both uh, here in Australia, but also yeah, across the world and in the United States as well. Uh, so what is it that, kind of spurs you on? What is it that helps you, you know, to keep going, to have that belief and inspiration to, to go along?
1: Uh, I think it's it's because I'm working with good people. I think um, you have to keep up. It's not like – I think people in this space, and, and I'm sure you know a lot of them, um, are, are generally very well-intentioned. Um, there's no, no BS Um, you know (laughs) (laughs) spades are called a spade not an implement with which to dig a hole (laughs) and um, and so that's an openness which I quite like I really do like and um, I don't need anything else you know I don't really need anything else (laughs) Um, as far as inspiration goes I just um, get up and see what's on the computer every morning no doubt like you do
0: well, exactly, and it's such a beautiful thing, Rod, isn't it? That that I, I'm so glad that you brought this up, because I think when when sometimes you find yourself feeling, you know, in this new world uh, after going through cancer and everything's changed, uh, sometimes like you know finding something where you that you can be passionate about, something that you can throw yourself into, it's such a rewarding thing, and, and I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that it's. You you just meet great people who, who get it and and you kind of spend time interacting with them, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's it's called cancer Land and we're all living in diff- <laughs> different rooms. But it's surprising um, on Twitter, which I do quite a lot. Of, a lot on. Um, it's a. It's not just breast cancer. Um, there's every cancer person there you can name, and they all, you know, there's a, there's a similarity there, but. They all have their different worries. And um, as I said, for the people going through treatment from an advanced stage, it's completely different. And, you know, the odds are so high. Um, it's, um, you know, I sometimes look and I think we're very, very fortunate in the medical era that we're in. Um, it's, it's fantastic treatments. We're really fortunate. Um, at the same time, um, especially the chemo drugs, uh, are heavy going. Um, the side effects are huge. And I sometimes, you know, hear from people saying, no, I can't, can't take this anymore, want quality of life over quantity of life. And, you know, often think, oh, I wonder how I'd feel about that. <laughs> I'm still waiting to find that out because I'm, I'm, you know, still in the quantity section. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's very difficult um, to to um for so many people and not so much for me that's why i'm still bouncing around helping
0: yeah that's absolutely um right and i'm and i and i'm glad that you brought up the fact that it is you know for for many of us it's a struggle to not only deal with treatment but to deal with, with side effects and 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 after effects and i guess sometimes we don't really think about that that's that's part of life and um and also feel that that is also why it is important to to get involved in something that you're passionate about to to kind of throw yourself into whether that's advocacy or whether that's activism or whether it's something that's totally different that kind of um you know that you know just lights you up that that makes you excited about life and what you're living in whatever way that is for you so. I want to ask you Rod, like if you if you're someone who's you know been through cancer or maybe perhaps living with cancer and you feel like you want to do something you want to make a difference in, in some way maybe maybe you're not sure where to begin or like what to do so um, how do you think around that okay uh, I think I think it's most important
1: to really get across your topic it's not it's not a matter of going out there half baked. Um, and never, never giving medical advice because I'm not a doctor. Um, I only, I really just prefer to listen to people and to try and help them along, get through um, what they're having to cope with. Um, and so I, I think there's, there's just that feeling that um, if you're making someone, you know, feel better. I always think it's the sort of the the little secret for these people that are patient advocates is that it makes you feel better, and and you know what, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's the that's one of the best things. I mean, it's almost like when I don't know about you, but if I talk about something like that, like doing my podcast or my books or coaching whatever, I feel like sometimes, you know, that I feel almost guilty that I get so much out of it. Yeah. But it shouldn't be like this, right? It no, should it, shouldn't. Be, it shouldn't. No, it should It's 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 if, if you're doing something that that helps others, but if it also helps you, I mean, that's kind of the best best that's of gro- both that's worlds. Groovy. That's, groovy.
1: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's groovy. That's groovy. That's 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 called win win win.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly, and that's what we're looking for in this in this brave new world. And I also think it's so important. Rod, and um, to find your like a reason why. To find a reason why something doing something is important for you. Because we all have like our own reasons, we're all different individuals, and so our reasons might might be different and distinct. And I think really connecting with what is important to you in your life right now. And like why is it like who do you want to help? And why, whether that's you know, whether that's uh, advocating um, around the type of cancer that perhaps you've lived lived through, or maybe it's doing something in your community, or maybe it's uh, renovating your kitchen, whatever that is, right? It's so vital to find something that, a reason why you believe it's something that you want to get behind, right? Um, I've got a personal
1: reason. That's a, um, is that my mother died young from breast cancer. and. I thought um, as I'm going through um, post-treatment era and I look back um, and I think um, I see particularly a lot of younger women who I'm really keen to try and support as well. And I think um, back then, in my mum's day, that was 1962, there was no chemo. Um, So patients that went to stage four just all died pretty quickly. Um, And I think as I said before about medical science, I think that's reassuring and, I, and it's not a hopeless task that it used to be. So I feel motivated for that reason. But I, I think there's no um, no other reason, I guess, <laughs> apart from the fact that it sort of snowballs. You help somebody and then they hear about you and say so you help them. You know, for instance, there's a guy in the United States who loves to have a Skype every few weeks and, you know he's been through it he's currently stage four but he's doing very well and it's just become a personal friendship and I think you make a lot of personal friendships it's it's quite a strange situation in fact I've written an article on um, social media friends and what you do when a when a person dies that you've never met and I think that's interesting sort of concept as well Um, every so often yeah somebody just passes and um, I've had a few of those recently and I think that's um, that's something that you can't dwell on, but it's something that also keeps you going, and I think it's a real incentive um, to to think that maybe with some people they haven't got a lot of time, and um, whatever you can do is going to be good.
0: Exactly, right. and sometimes it also helps us to reconnect with our own experience. You know, I feel that in some ways I don't want to close the door on the things that I've experienced because now it's such a it's such a huge part of who I am today, you know, it's, uh, for, for better or worse, it, it's made me a different person yeah. and, and, and I'm quite happy being who I am today. As and I can't imagine myself being different from the person I was you know, a few years ago.
1: How do you think it's changed you, Joe?
0: It's, it's the biggest change road for me is that it's made me feel so much more in the present. I feel I'm not spending um, a lot of time thinking about the future or worrying about the future. I don't spend too much time dwelling on the past. I'm I'm so, you know, passionate about living today, enjoying the moment, you know, whether that's with my family, whether it's in my work. And I think reconnecting with that, with that, with that being present in the moment is such a Vital thing. I don't think it's some. I don't think it's some woo woo new age thing. I think it's a very real <laughs> yeah. and and it and really helps me to get going. What about what about you, Rod? What's what's it, what is something that you feels changed um, probably the most for you? Uh,
1: well, you certainly um, gain a lot of knowledge in a field you probably never would have gotten into. Um, <laughs> but I think. Um, if you've got certain skills, you can transfer them to this this um, field. And quite often, um, there's a medical profession out there that really want to engage with patients. And I find them on Twitter, um, which I, I have like 2,500 followers. And I, one rainy day, looked through, I just worked out who are these people. I worked out that half of them are actually medical professionals. And that means that you can you can put the patient's perspective to a lot of people that you would never, never, ever in your wildest dreams would have reached and, and that's what makes it rewarding. I think it's not just the fact that you can go and parrot something or you can write something or you can edit something or you can do a podcast. It's that you actually can engage and, um, and that's, I think that's what keeps you going because you feel you're getting somewhere.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely that's that's brilliant, Rod. And so, uh, tell me about your experience on social media on on Twitter uh, of making an impact online. So, how how is that working out for you? Okay,
1: that's it's working out very well. Um, I'm I'm I follow a couple of Facebook um, groups. As you know, I've got prostate cancer as well as breast cancer. So, um, there's men um, in the prostate group, and there's not many men in the breast cancer groups but i keep the breast cancer groups um up to speed with what's um you know how a man might feel um with the prostate cancer one it's just guys chatting and interestingly on the prostate cancer facebook pages half of the people that are on it are actually women wives (laughs) partners girlfriends whatever and whereas the um the breast cancer one you have to you, you might go a week before you see a man wander on there and you know men men well you probably agree with me that men aren't really great at presenting um, with with um, with the disease they'll put it off and I'm sure you know so many men that haven't hadn't turned up for their examinations or been embarrassed say in your case to um, say I've got a problem in my testicle and um, and it's a bit the same with men and breasts i don't think they've even got breasts so um a lot of the time they're um just yeah as i said before turning up late <laughs> for a diagnosis <laughs>
0: yeah you're so, you're so true rod and i i have to say that i've mirrored that experience yes across um you know uh, on uh, uh, everything that i'm doing that the the if we're talking about testicular cancer and, and prostate cancer, it's so many, uh the, the caregivers that, that kind of show up and that listening that I didn't, I was totally didn't expect that. And it's interesting <laughs> that you're seeing obviously yeah, totally yeah, the good. opposite good. on the breast cancer side, you know, and, and I also couldn't agree with you more around, uh, man and how we deal with cancer. I remember that uh, you know the first time I was um, invited to speak at, uh, at like a prostate cancer support group, and um, uh, and I think I was there for about just. Just over an hour, while so I was kind of speaking towards the end, and it was fascinating. What I was sitting there, and you know, and the guys talked about everything. You know, they talked about the Christmas, they talked yeah. about foodie, they Foddy. talked about this, they talked about that. I'm, I'm sitting there going, what? Just, did I walk into the right place? And said, Is anyone <laughs> going to mention cancer? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And it was it was one of those surreal things where it's yeah. it's it's one of those things that are difficult to bring up even though this was a safe space even though that was a prostate cancer support group like you're you're not you're not at the supermarket you yeah know? <laughs> uh, it's fascinating how we work right yeah
1: well maybe maybe that sort of talk um works for them um and maybe I don't, it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd love to hear you say how those meetings go. Do they eventually talk about testicular cancer or about what's worrying them or about treatments? I guess they do, but I guess they're try, trying to make small talk. <laughs> so,
0: well, exactly. I mean, sometimes I guess, um, I, you know, I guess I'm sometimes the, the uh, I always am the annoying person who, you know, I say stuff, you know, and I bring it up. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's just, um uh, the infuriating nature of my personality but I feel it's really important to bring it up because I know that sometimes it's it's difficult to talk about and sometimes it's it, it is painful to bring up these things because um I remember like in that particular moment when I brought it up like people started sharing some really um uh, difficult moments that they've had the difficult times that they've experienced but I really believe and uh wrote uh, that my personal belief is when we go through difficult times, and we we things that affect us, I believe that bringing those fears and and those uh, worries out into the open, I believe that that's when they lose their grip on you.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's um, how far are they prepared to go? This is the question because I think about this a lot. Um, how much information are you getting, um, you know, about men's problems? Let's talk about men. And how um, how do you think you can help them um, when you maybe got limited information? Or do you look for signs that um, they're um, struggling in any particular department? I don't know, say sexual function or something like that. I wonder, wonder how you handle that.
0: Yeah, I personally don't try to um, help because I I'm certainly don't give any medical advice. Um, but I do think it's important to share the stories with, with, with other people and bring out your stories. And I think, first of all, it helps us to reconnect with our own experience. And then I think when it's very difficult, my belief, Rod, and I think it's true for not just men, but for all of us as people, I think it's very difficult to go out and seek support, whether that's... Support of medical specialists, whether that's support of a clinical psychologist, whether that's uh, uh, even talking to your partner or friend, when we haven't been able to make sense of the situation yourself, if you haven't been able to to get clear on like what's bothering you and 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 how it, you know how it's affecting your life we have to be able to make sense of ourselves first so that, that then we can go and seek that support. So I really look at that as a vital step to reconnecting with your own experience so that then it then opens you up to get help.
1: Yeah, that's really well put, John. Ja.
0: Thanks, thanks, Rod. I really appreciate that. So tell me, Rod, you know, you're, you're striking me as such a person who is just living life to the fullest despite your, your, obviously your intense experience with, cancer on on several, two different fronts and and all the amazing work that you're doing. What is it that you feel grateful for in your life today?
1: Uh, I always feel grateful that, um, you know, your kids and their kids are okay, Um, that, you you know, your relatives and friends are okay. I think um, you, you sort of, it's a bit of a tightrope, exercise isn't it and um you know that some days something's not going to be okay but um i think you just um you keep plodding along i think um personally you know my kids think my life's boring you know we live in the country here and we just you know grow vegetables and you know why aren't you doing more and all that and i don't try and over explain what i'm doing to them but um yeah, um, I know it's I know it's okay, and um, they just have to trust me that what I'm doing is okay, and they're probably glad that they are having to come up here and change my nappy or something.
0: <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> and tell me like, if someone wanted to find out more about, you know, male breast cancer, the work that you're doing on Twitter or on your website, what would be um, what would they do if they wanted to find out more about uh, your world?
1: Well, I think they'd they'd obviously, you know, go straight to the internet to research, um, you know, see what Dr Google says. And um, I think, you know, people say to me, oh, don't tell people to go to the internet. Well, the internet's changed a lot and any search term you put in for a medical condition these days has got really good results from um, top institutions, from groups that are um, very, um, much have a good reputation. And I think... um, you know, there's a lot they can get from the internet. You know, I, I would send them to my website mailbc.org, um, which is pretty simple URL mailbc.org, and um, there's a lot of information there. There's um, and it's information from medical specialists. It's not just chit chat. It's um, you know, there's there are so many aspects. I think um, um, you know, with all with all cancers, there's there's different things that worry different different people. And um, so I try to sort of cover that there. But um, they need to find a, I think they need to talk to other people with their disease uh, and social media is perfect for that. There are Facebook groups, which we talked about. Um, I, I'm on Twitter, which is actually helping people and um, a lot of medical information is posted there, the latest studies, you might have missed something. I mean, I get a lot of feeds in, on my email but um i like to keep up with what's happening there um people use instagram which is more visual um i'm not a great fan on that but um um i think yeah find your niche um you know learn learn all about your disease and yeah just put your toe in the water and normally the people that want to find out more and want to meet more people end up doing that it's sort of self-selective
0: Fantastic, Rod. Well, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for what you do in the world.
1: No, well, thank you, Joe, and I'm, and I'm really I'm, I'm proud to have been interviewed by you because I can see you you're claiming your space out there, and um, it just does rely on people like us to go out and um, help people know that there's um, others have been through the same thing, um, and it's really I love your work as well.
0: Thanks so much, Rod. You take care and it's a pleasure to be speaking Okay, all right,
1: we'll meet again somewhere.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, my friend, it's Joe Bakmotsky. Thank you so much for being here. I just want to jump in here real quick to let you know about this great new tool that I built for you. It's called Cancer Can Give, and it's a video course that is designed to help you live a happier, more fulfilled and more purposeful life beyond cancer. It's something that I wish I had, and I hope it will serve you in making the difference that you wanna make in a way that is significant to you after everything that you have been through with cancer. Now, this is available absolutely free of charge for you. Just go to simplifycancer.com and click on the Cancer Can Give link to find out more absolutely free my friend just helping you to move forward and thank you so much for being here i wanna remind you before we go that after everything that you have been through with cancer my friend you deserve the world and you have the power to be happy to seek greater clarity in everything that you do to show up at your best every single day so that you know, you prove to yourself that you are enough and to hold on to that hope that no matter what happens and how crazy things get, that things can and do change for the better. Thank you for being here, my friend. Speak soon.